Welcome back to Baytown Engage. We have with us a very special guest, Cliff Hatch from our Parks Department. Hey, Cliff. Hello. Parks and Recreation. Let me give the whole entire name. I don't know why we do that. We always say parks. Yeah, I and appreciate always that. always is Parks and Recreation, Parks and Rec, like the TV show. That's correct. So, Cliff, how are you? I'm good. So you are one of our wonderful City of Baytown employees. You are over recreation for parks, right? Well, I was promoted to assistant director not long ago. Um, Shangri-La, yeah. look <laughs> not, at you. Not just recreation anymore. Slide that in there. Congratulations, yeah. <laughs> congratulations. Thanks. So I wanted to have you in because you do, I think, parks and recreation, they're a big part of the city, but people don't really talk about how much they do. Like, we know public works, we know about everyone else, but parks does a lot. And during 2020, especially during COVID, Parks is out there maintaining the city. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, during the whole shutdown in the beginning, like around March, our guys in our Parks Division especially, but all of us really either worked from home or, or came in. The Parks guys didn't get an option to work from home. I mean, they were deemed essential and, and they didn't skip a beat. The Parks were really heavily used during COVID, more so than they were in the past, especially that time of year. A right. lot of times in March, things kind of aren't quite up to the summer levels, but it hit summer levels overnight because everybody was stuck in their homes and wanted to go out and do something. Mm-hmm. So our parks guys really it took an enormous effort for them to keep up with the trash and with the trimming and mowing and all the all the stuff that they normally do so we actually gave we worked with aquatics to get some of our lifeguards that we had on staff we reassigned them to help pull weeds in the medians and help pull weeds around different flower beds throughout town we worked with our rec staff because all of our events were canceled or most of our events were canceled mm-hmm. so we really try to find creative ways to still have them involved and that included uh, writing inspirational messages along the trail in chalk nice. um, we had them uh, sanitizing playground equipment and swings and things like that uh, even though they were closed we felt that people were still going to take advantage of it and so rather than just hoping nobody got on them we cautioned them off but we also sent some of our rec staff out uh, we bought these tomahawk blow backpack blowers that you can mix in they're designed for uh, to spray for ants and things mm-hmm. like that but you can mix in sanitizer and we went through and made sure that the uh, the chemical wouldn't it was a food grade chemical so it wouldn't hurt anybody and that it was safe for our equipment and we would actually spray all of our parks all of our equipment daily including places like the nature center that saw a huge uptick in attendance during covid just to try to keep everybody as safe as possible and so you know it was it was a weird time but it really our parks guys and or a parks and rec team really really stepped up and, and did a lot kind of under the radar even no i think it was really under the radar and the few times i left the house to go grocery shopping or whatever during that time i would always see a crew member either mowing edging cleaning up picking up trash it was non-stop yeah. you know the parks may have been closed in some places they were non-stop maintaining the look of baytown i'm thinking i don't think anyone really realizes how much parks and rec that what they do yeah. And that they maintained us looking. Cause we could have looked like, you know, I am legend or apocalyptic talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, we were all shut in and they really did a great job. And I really feel they weren't getting enough recognition. Yeah. So with all of that, how has it been shifting? Because Fourth of July is a big event. We do the big yard sale. Parks and Rec, They y'all do so much when it comes to park and events for the city. And also the sporting events that you host for the city as well. How has it been in that time during we? shut down in March and have to shift on how we do events. How has that been for you? So there's not really one simple answer. Mm -hmm. Um, Every avenue within Parks and Rec 
has kind of adjusted the way that they could under the governor's guidelines and all that stuff. Right. For instance, adult sports were canceled initially, but then they were allowed to start back up relatively soon. So our athletics team, led by Lauren Seipel, has really hasn't really skipped a beat at all. I mean, mm-hmm. they still have adult leagues at night. They still have tournaments on the weekends, and you know they put in different protocols for uh, mask and and distancing and things like that. But they really ran through a lot of it. Aquatics, you know. Uh, had a great plan in place. Uh, Jenna and her staff out there did a great job of, uh, of, of figuring out ways that you could come in one gate and exit another gate and uh, have people to where they didn't interact very much and, and things like that. Unfortunately, that didn't last, but you know, a few days mm-hmm. until someone got sick. And so it was shut down from a normal standpoint from that point on. But we still opened features uh, within the water park, like the Flow Rider or our new Ninja Cross or uh, all this other stuff that people could rent individually with their family so that we still could provide a service. It just wasn't on that large scale that we used to. And then for events, events has really been the most trickiest because whatever we decide to do, there's a large camp that's either for it or against against it. Right. And we're trying to navigate how can we keep people as safe as possible, but still let them have some kind of release, if you will. Uh, so many people rely on recreational activities or events to to kind of reset themselves. And, it's and shocking. You don't even realize until until you're not able to, even if you're not that type of person, now that you're forced that you can't, you don't realize how much you need that type absolutely. of... Absolutely outdoor activity or yeah. even your kids outdoor activity if you feel so confined and yeah. just bonding with other people yeah. I, mean, I mean there's a lot to be said with our athletics and things of, of just getting to get out of the house and getting to go do something that you enjoy that you can really have a fun time with mm-hmm. So, like, all of that stuff's really important. And so, our rec staff has really done a good job. All of our staff. Tracy and the Wetland Center out there, they redid their their camps and they put a hand-washing station outside to where the kids, when they came into camp, they would get their temperature checked and they would wash their hands outside. And then they would go in, they would learn how to, to not only keep their hands clean, but then also clean up the areas around them with disinfectant and things like that. And those, Tracy and them were able to host those camps. I mean, and still, I mean, they weren't as high of a number as they were previous because of we were purposely keeping them smaller. Right. But those kids that still went still had a good time and she didn't have any issues with COVID during that whole time. So, but the events was the the trickiest because like I said a minute ago, but our staff has really gone outside of the box on things. I don't know if you were able to see our Christmas parade this year. I did. It was so fun. The virtual parade. Yeah, I had it, on was, YouTube. it was a shoebox parade. Man, I, not to say anything about the actual physical parade because I usually judge every year for many, many years. I enjoyed this one so much more because because the creativity into getting everything into that small little shoebox type of style. It's old mm-hmm. school one, the shoebox idea. Yeah. And it was so creative. And I think you had more participating departments and people that may have not done a big float. And it was, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So that was actually found, uh, Jenna found that online somewhere that another community was doing it. And we were like, man, we can do this too. And we gave that over to the rec team and, and really Holly and Chantel. And, oh, yeah. and then we reached out to, <laughs> Um, to Lloyd to help so much too Channel 16 and, and those guys I mean they literally knocked it out of the park I, I don't think I've ever been prouder of our staff dear, but during the COVID the initial COVID thing how everybody came 
came together and just did stuff that we needed to have done. And with the Christmas parade that we know is an important event for Baytown and us being able to still offer that in a safe way, I think was a true testament to to our staff. I will say I remember because you have implemented great ideas. You re-trafficked and redirectioned the parade year before all this yeah, happened, which cut back on time. Yeah. And it was a great redirection on that. And I also know you were working on pop-up parks that got halted the month we were going to start doing pop-up parks. So tell everyone what pop-up parks are and are they coming back? So pop-up parks, we, we had one actually. Pop-up parks is something that we worked with MD Anderson or Better Bay or Be Well Baytown. And so they have initiatives on way to get people involved in the community or, or you know whatever their initiative is each month. And one of them was in community involvement. And we were able to, to purchase a pop-up stage, which is a trailer that kind of transformed into a stage. And then um, the, the thought process or the goal is that we could take that stage and offer some of the cool things we do like at Town Square, but we could take them into under-programmed parks, not necessarily underutilized parks, but parks that we don't get to go to to program a lot of stuff to. The first one we had, or the only one we've had so far, was at Carver, and this was before COVID. So we had a Zydeco band, and we had some uh, inflatable bounce houses, some lawn games. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were serving hot dogs, and we had some kind of athletic. We had basketball at that one, and then if you won the basketball game or whatever, then we would give you stuff to come back to the park and enjoy, like Frisbees or footballs or whatever, so that the kids in that neighborhood could go out and have fun but then they get something that they in hopes would come back to the park and enjoy so it was it was something that everybody was really really happy with and it was gaining momentum we worked with the library uh, we had some some things planned but the short answer is yes they're coming back uh, we have them scheduled I think March is the first one it's the second Saturdays right uh, Sundays second Sundays yeah. okay it's first or second depending on if there's a holiday involved all of our calendars will be available on our Facebook page and on our website but yeah and we're gonna do the first one again at Carver and then we're going to go on the road but i know that parks like baytown soccer parks uh central heights and a lot of these parks that are, are really good parks that have really good communities around them uh we're excited to be able to get in and, and offer stuff that's close to their home it just takes that push you know kids use it maybe for basketball but when someone has an actual like block party mm-hmm. kind of thing it's almost like oh okay i'm meeting my neighbor once again i didn't know you lived here and it, it draws the momentum to go out and do more once you do that one hopefully they'll keep it going which would really be really be great. So also, I know you're working with Harris County and cleaning up the parks, not just maintaining the look and the maintenance of it, but also trying to help them get the communities who are more transient, who's living in the parks, get them place, get them assistance. How's that going for you? Let's talk about that. It's somewhat of a struggle, but we're making good progress. You know, I've been here 12 years and in those 12 years, the homeless population has always been, quote unquote, an issue at our parks. And it's a tough one really to tackle because because, I mean, you want to give them respect, and but at the same time, you don't want them to monopolize a park to where another family doesn't feel safe in using it. Mm-hmm. Our goal is always to provide the safe, clean, fun place for people to go out and recreate however they want to. And sometimes that doesn't coexist with a homeless population. So for years, we kind of went back and forth on how to handle it and, you know, offer, tried to do different things. But actually, with I think it was through the Be Well Baytown group, I uh, met Lori Rumsfeld over at United Way who gave me Officer Lowry's information who is a uh, Harris County Constable over the uh, the HOT team, the Homeless Outreach team. And what they do is it's really cool. They go into the park where we have homeless people and, and they'll get to know them for lack of a better term. Right. And they find 
spot out like why they're having to be there and some of them are simple as they need an id and they they provide them uh, a resource to, to obtain an id some of them have mental issues some of them have alcohol issues or drug issues and they also work with social services to get them the help they need and so it's it's a way to help people the homeless people get back on their feet but it's also a way to help the communities get their parks back as well so it's really unique in my opinion because you know you help one person and then that kind of creates a chain reaction of helping other people without even really doing it much and yeah. they have a great community when it comes to the the homeless community they all communicate with each other so yeah. once you gain that type of relationship where I'm not here to arrest you I'm here to you know what can what can we do and finding out what their needs are with the hot team who also works with Marcellus Williams mm-hmm. and we have them they come into the library here once a week to help those members get their ID find out where they can get housing all of that it makes the community go closer because I know it's hard we, we want to help people we just don't know what to do and they have all the resources available to do that that's awesome that you figure out a way to kind of clean up the parks and also help amazing amount of people at the same time I heard which I know you had COVID yeah so how are you doing? <laughs> Do I need to like throw you out the office? Out of the <laughs> no. So I, my COVID experience was was um, was pretty strange. I, I had a headache on. It was actually Friday the thirteenth. Is the reason I really? Yeah. yeah. All right. I just had a headache, and I don't get headaches. And you know, I, I went and picked up my daughter from daycare, and, and went home and checked my temperature, and everything was fine. And I was sitting around, and all of a sudden I got super hot. So I checked my temperature again. It was one hundred and three. Wow. And it was like two hours. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had a fever of one hundred and one to one hundred three for about a week even on medications that's not and good. um if anybody ever gets covid this is my public service yes psa is if you get one of those i don't they're called something and i don't know what they're called but those little things that clip on your finger that read your oxygen level mm-hmm. anybody who gets it should get one of those because my doctor told me to get one and my wife got one and it should be in like the mid 90s and after my fever and everything for a week i developed a cough and i just thought it was another symptom right like it, it wasn't nearly as bothersome as the fever right and so i didn't think anything of it and i was coughing so much that my wife you know encouraged me to check that oxygen level and it went down to 87 that's and not that's good. no, nah, and that's the reason I went to the hospital. That's the only reason I went to the hospital. And I was admitted with pneumonia in both lungs that came from COVID, or you know, because right. I had the COVID, I developed pneumonia. And I was in the hospital for four days. Mm-hmm. And and like I, I'm not, I mean, a weak person or anything, you know. Like I'm. Well, I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like I've, I've in twelve years of working here, I've taken one sick day. Like I never missed a day of school in my life. Like I, I'm not like somebody who gets sick often. That's mm-hmm. what I guess I should say. And. Uh, it, it's no joke. Like, it, it hit me. It hit me hard. And, and what's crazy is my wife also had it the same time I did. And she had a sore throat for two days. And, and she that was, was over. It. Yeah. And our six-month-old daughter at the time didn't didn't get it. That's so a blessing it's just, right there. It is. And it's, it's crazy how it's everybody's experience with it is so drastically different that you can't you assume, can't pinpoint what it's going to be. And you can't be. assume that one person is trying to take advantage of taking time off because they might be really struggling with something. How was that for you? So you tested positive. You thought, okay, fever. And all of a sudden now your oxygen is gone. You ha- levels are dropping double pneumonia so that's an extra time away what were you thinking I mean until you have it directly hit your life in some type of way it hit you personally and your wife how has that shifted your mindset when it comes to COVID I'm not saying you thought about it loosely but how has it changed maybe how you carry yourself and do things now that you actually had it and recovered from it so I try to to stress to people especially at work that, that it is real I think that you know sometimes some of us have been really lucky to not have it affect us and Mm -hmm. so 
it's almost like everybody is like, ah, well, you know, so and so had it, and they didn't. They only had a headache or something. And like that, very possible. But a lot of people have had it and had way worse experiences. And we don't need to make the rule based on the exceptions. You know, like right. it's it's a it's something real. And and for me personally, you know, I just try to tell, especially the, the guys on our parks and rec staff, is that you know it is real. And you know, if you don't want to, if you don't believe that it's real, or if you don't think if you get it is going to be bad like just know those medical bills are coming too like if you're not scared of getting sick you got to pay those bills too. oh yeah and, the bills are coming and bills um coming. but you know professionally you know we our rec staff has again gone way outside the box and trying to implement new and creative ways to do things and i think it just fur- further concretes that to that we do have a responsibility to get people out and having a good or get people having a good time but to do it as safely as possible do you think i know for us here at the library it's been it was stressful at first trying to figure out how do we do what we did in a different way. Are you surprised at how quickly everyone was able to just kind of adjust? Because what y'all do is parks and rec. There's nothing indoor. It's all activities, all people activity base. How has that been? Are you surprised on how everyone's able to just kind of like, we got this, we got it, we're getting this done? With, with staff, for sure. Uh, staff has been amazing. And when I say staff, I mean everybody within parks and recreation, from aquatics to environmental education, parks and rec, everybody has done a tremendous job in adjusting on the fly and trying to figure out ways to still get people involved. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily surprised because I, I know we have a strong team. And so, no, I, I don't think I'm necessarily surprised, but I am proud of them. I'm proud That's of everybody. So I'm proud of you. So I, I don't want to glaze over the promotion thing. <laughs> when did this happen? Tell everybody about your journey with the city of Baytown. Oh, man. So I started in October 2009 mm-hmm. as the athletic coordinator. Uh, I moved from Mobile, Alabama to here. And I really just did it. <laughs> I was... Uh, that was during the recession, and uh, my job. I worked for the city of Daphne, Alabama, as the assistant athletic coordinator. And my director brought me in his office and said, "Hey, Public Works is doing job cuts. Like, if we do them in Parks and Rec, your job is the one that we're cutting." <laughs> <laughs> and so I started. By the way, <laughs> yeah. So I started looking day. around all over the Gulf Coast, and I just wanted to be close to a beach, right? Mm. Yeah. And uh, and so I saw Baytown. I'd never been to Texas. I didn't have any family or friends or anything out here. And so I just moved out and, and started. And I, I really thought I'd move out here because it was the, the next level up. I went from assistant athletic coordinator to athletic coordinator. Mm-hmm. I really thought I would get two years of a resume filler and then I'd move somewhere else, move back home. Twelve years later. Twelve years later. <laughs> I'm still here. And, yeah. uh, you know, I was lucky. I was really lucky to work with some really good people who are still here, like Scott Johnson's been yeah, my director Parks the whole time. Parks and is a great department. And people like Kylie and, and Mike Flynn who were here moved on even. like mm-hmm. I mean, I really was, was lucky and uh, moved up to rec superintendent maybe six years ago now and uh, was able to really work on the rec side of things. And that's what's, I mean, it's so much fun just planning to get people out and having fun, you know. Right. Recently, they asked if I wanted to, if I would be interested in, in taking an assistant director role and being more over parks operations. Uh, and, and so I jumped on the opportunity. But yeah, it's been, it's been fun. And that was, Man, that was right before COVID. Uh, we actually hired, we interviewed the new Rex superintendent, Kyle Fry, literally the day. Before that, shutdown. The shutdown. Yeah, right. That yeah. day, because we had an interview scheduled for him, and we were, you know, contemplating canceling the interview. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it was right then. So, you know, welcome to being an AD, right? <laughs> like, welcome uh, to Baytown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that too. Well, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And I'm so proud and honored to be part of the city that has one of the best parts 
Parks and Rec Department. I started in January 2010. So I started like right after you did. So I've seen your progression. <laughs> I give you a hard time all the time. But I want to say that it's amazing what you do. I, I love the innovation. I think everyone would say that they're really proud of the Parks and Rec Department and what y'all have done and how you've tried to keep the community together with everything going on. And so we're looking forward to pop-up parks starting again in March. Yep. And hopefully going to have some more events coming. Yeah, our, our event calendar is actually out. And then you can see all that again on either Facebook or, or our new website, Baytime.org. So Baytime.org. And yep. then Parks have their own Facebook page. Yep. Thank you, Cliff. Yep, anytime. Thank you so much for listening to Baytime Engage. Be sure to subscribe to our show on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. Stay tuned.